What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Ryan Cabrera over Zoom video. In the early 2000s, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Ryan Cabrera, hearing his song. Uh, he was all over the TV all the time. It was really, really awesome uh, to have the opportunity to, to hang out with Ryan. He talks to us about where he was born and raised in Flower Mound, Texas, how he got into music. Really, his brother pushed him into playing guitar and, and singing. His brother got a drum set. His brother's four years older than him. And he's like, I'm going to drum and you're going to play guitar and sing. So <laughs> Ryan uh, started learning guitar, started to learn to sing. He talks about how his brother funded his first recording. He was going to record the whole band, uh, but it was expensive to record back then. So it ended up being just Ryan and how impressed the engineer at the studio was by Ryan that he wanted to record Ryan for free. So the first album Elm Street was all done for free from this one individual in, uh, in Texas. He talks about how he was discovered by Joe Simpson, moved to Los Angeles putting out that first record, getting turned down by every record label, eventually signing then with Atlantic Records, putting out that first album, having it absolutely blow up. He talked about getting dropped from a major label when he wanted to put out The Moon Underwater. We hear all about the new music that Ryan has coming out as well. He's got an EP he talks about, which is coming out at the beginning of next year. And he talks about the latest song he's released, which is called Prescriptions of You. You can watch our interview with Ryan on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Ryan Cabrera. Cool. Well, I'm Adam, and this is about you and uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the the new record, which is awesome. I love the song. Um, oh, dude, thanks. It's a bop. Yeah, I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so we start off with... Where were you born and raised? I mean, I was from San Diego, but you're from what, Dallas, Texas area? I'm Dallas Texas. area? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm from like uh, a little town called Flower Mound, about 45 okay. minutes outside Dallas. And then uh, I moved to LA like in right around like 2000, 2001. Okay. So like 20, 20 years ago. So then I uh, did, did the LA thing. And then now uh, we're kind of bi coast. So we're, me and my wife go back and forth from LA to Florida. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I saw a photo. I think it was. It was you and, and Ryan Key and your wives are both pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Dude, cool. it's crazy. Me, me and Ryan used to live together. And like, if we, if you would have told me and Ryan, like, you know, back in the day we're you know, we were obviously both single and, you know, lead singers of bands and sure. going out all the time. <laughs> like, Dude, we're going to have babies at the same time. His due date is like a week after ours. Oh, so awesome. we've, we've already talked about his son and our daughter, um getting married so that way we could all just be family <laughs> but for real real like, like we could really be family yeah like, we, we could be each other family but now we could be like could really totally be family. in-laws <laughs> yeah that's amazing um so what was it yeah. like growing up in texas before moving obviously to la 
Um, I mean, at that time, like Texas, Dallas wasn't really like what it is now. Like Dallas has grown so much. Like even from oh, yeah. where I'm from, like that tiny little town, I went back to do a concert maybe like six years ago or so and didn't even recognize it because I hadn't been back since. And I was like, oh my God. So I wanted to do a show there. I was like, I want to go to like my actual like town where I was born, this small little town and come back. And uh, so that, that was a blast. Just blew my mind seeing what was on over there. Here, hold on. Let me decline. Sorry. My dad's calling me. Did I lose you? No, no, no. I'm here. If you need to answer your dad, yeah. that's all good. No, 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 no. It's okay. He's probably calling me about Costco membership. Uh, wait, hold on. How do I get back to <laughs> There you are. There you are. Um, <laughs> speaking, yeah, Texas. So uh, it was cool going back and seeing how different it was, but now it's like booming restaurants, everything. Uh, the music scene though, growing up for me was actually surprisingly really good in Dallas and Austin, which was like a three hour drive. So I kind of got my start just like driving to Austin every weekend, playing literally any place that I could. Um, And like, even some of like my heroes, like in the music scene, when I was trying, you know, trying to make, it was like, uh, like Bully for Soup. I loved and now like Denton area, right? Yeah. Really good friends. So it's, it's cool to see like, you know, the, the scene that when I was growing up, like, still out there and i just saw them at uh, when we were young festival last weekend oh so cool like, dude that's dallas cats are still going <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i've had uh jared on this on my show before he's great oh, yeah they're the, he's the best yeah um well how did you start in music like uh did you pick piano lessons is anyone else a musician or uh, i mean i took i took piano lessons when i was like four years old but like you know most most kids i got tired of it never really turned into anything um when i was in high school like I just kind of, I didn't really play anything. I just pretended that I did like me and my buddies would just tell girls that we were in a band yet. I didn't play, I didn't play guitar or drums yet. Um, but then my brother got a drum. I don't, I don't know for Christmas maybe. And so we both kind of just champed on that. And then he really liked playing the drums. So he's like, all right, well, you need to, you need to learn to play guitar so you could be the singer. We could have a band. And I'm like, well, I don't play guitar and I don't sing but let's try it um so i picked up the guitar and just started singing i wasn't very good uh but just kept at it kept at it and and then eventually uh he so i i started my own band which we were absolutely awful it was it was pretty pretty terrible we thought we were amazing but we weren't but my brother was like dude you guys gotta get in the studio for your birthday i'm gonna get you some studio time and then he realized how much it would cost uh, to record the band uh, in the studio and it was too much for what he could afford. So he was like, all right, I got you studio time, but I can only afford just you. So that was the first time I went in and just kind of recorded a couple songs acoustic, just mm-hmm. me and acoustic guitar. And the engineer was like, dude, I think you got something special. Like I want to record you. Um, and I'm like, well, this is all we could afford. You know, it was a gift for my brothers that like, no, I'll record you for free. So my first like album was like a little indie album obviously that was just an acoustic album called elm street Uh um he recorded me for free i did that whole thing just based off the engineer being like i just you know i record a lot of cats here and like i don't really enjoy it you know like it's it's great to get paid and all but like i actually enjoyed recording you so keep coming back and i'll record you for free and so that's how i made my first thing and then that led me to um you know doing a couple showcases and then literally i'm playing in the hard rock cafe doing a, a showcase and Joe Simpson was in the audience, who was Jessica Simpson's dad and Ashley's yeah. dad. He saw me play and he was like, all right, you're going to move to L.A. Uh, and I'm like, huh? He's like, you're going to move to California. I need you in L.A. I'm going to make you a star like that. Like like in the movies, got these. I got you're a star kid. I'm going to make you a star. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I was like, I'll come oh my live gosh. with you. 
So literally two days later, I just packed a bag. Uh, I remember just having a pair of flip-flops. I didn't even have a pair of shoes and was on a flight to Los Angeles, moved in with the Simpson family in Encino, and then uh, just started you know, writing songs and auditioning for record labels and stuff. And, uh, but I mean, I paid my dues. I'd been, you know, grinding it out for years and years and years playing every, you know, I played Mexican restaurants for two people. I played every dingy bar in Austin that there, you know, was, and then just kind of got lucky one night he saw me play and just kind of believed in me. Wow. Well, um, going back real quick. So is your, your brother, is he older or younger than you? I'm just curious. Uh, he's four talking. years older. He's four years older. Okay. So when he yeah. got the drum set and you guys were jamming together, um, when I say he forced me to be the singer, guitar player, like he was four years older than me. Like I didn't have a choice. He's like, yeah, literally. He's like, you either are going to do it or I'm a whoop. Yeah. <laughs> so like, All right. I guess I'm the singer. So you were in high school at this point. Yeah. When this is happening. Okay. And then yeah. once you joined this band or, or we're in the band that he wanted to pay to record, yeah. um, like how quickly were you writing your own songs? Were you guys writing originals or were you doing uh, covers? I was, I was, uh, Sure. If you go back and find tapes of Rubik's Groove, um, we I didn't actually write lyrics. So I would I had the names for the songs and I had basic like ideas, but I made the lyrics up every night. So every time if you ever go like if you find live tapes or people have found them in the past, like it's weird because this version, you know, Little Rock was different than the version in Austin because I didn't have lyrics. I don't know why, but I did it up as you went along. Made it up every night. <laughs> so I would have the basic idea, like a chorus. I would have the chorus pretty much mapped out. And then the verses were just all gibberish. Oh my gosh. And with what became the Elm Street EP or album, were yeah. those a lot of those songs that you were like, okay, well now I got to figure out. I was, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, I'm the in the studio like, shit, I, I need to rise it. Most of them don't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> at that time, you know, I just, you know, I was like, I thought I was a songwriter, but I, you know, really wasn't. They, if if I, if I go back and it was funny because there's a couple songs that like the real old school cats, you know, that if like really know your catalog, but like, dude, that, that one song, like my friend, John, that, that got me through this, this and this. I'm like, I, that song wasn't about anything. Like it was, just, <laughs> it wasn't about your friend, John. No, I didn't even have a friend, John at the time. <laughs> wow. you know, like I, was, I was making stuff up. Uh, but you know it is it is kind of cool that the one beautiful thing that i've learned over time about lyrics is that whatever it means to you is 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 that so if that somehow meant something to him even though for me it wasn't about anything uh then sweet that's the power of music and that's what's beautiful about interpretations of songs it's like oh this song has to be about this this song's about this it's like hey it's whatever you want it to be about and if it means something to you then sweet yeah but yeah I mean, at the but time didn't have shit. Uh, <laughs> but that says something about obviously your your skill as a songwriter, even when you put that out. I mean, to be able to write a song or write lyrics that you're like, eh, whatever this is meaning to me, to like have it resonate yeah. with someone else. Um yeah. obviously kind of kind of it's it kind of sounded like it it was it was deep. <laughs> the, right. Deep yeah. But then but like when I started writing for like, you know, the Take It All Away, like my first actual album. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you know, I learned from a lot of people. I worked with a lot of people that I looked up to and, you know, kind of at that point started to own, you know, my craft and w- who I wanted to be. That was like to find an identity. Because at the beginning, I was just like copying Dave Matthews. Anything Dave Matthews did, I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. And that's, yeah. you know, it probably happens for a lot of people in the beginning. Oh, is, yeah. You know, they they know who they love and they just kind of do a, their own version of what 
that artist that they look up to is. And then eventually, hopefully along the way, you find your own identity and, uh, you know, don't need to copy anybody anymore. Yeah, I was talking to another artist about this pretty recently. It's just like, yeah, finding your own voice is like one of the hardest things to do. Like, just be yourself. I mean, I was on terrestrial radio in San Diego and in San Francisco for a lot of years. And it was the hardest thing would be like, just be yourself. And I'm like, uh, and I'm just trying to emulate other DJs and stuff that I liked growing up. Until you think, yeah, you it'll click at one moment. You're like, oh wow, okay, this is kind of what I'm, what I sound like. But it's a really hard thing to find. Yeah, it takes it takes time, and some people never find it. So it's 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 a it's a blessing when you do. Yeah, with um, you know, that show and being discovered. Um, were you pursuing music like full? Like at that point, you knew that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think that was kind of like I was just started uh, at UTD, so I was in college, you know, or I don't even know what you call those local college or a community college. Yeah. Something like that. It was like university of Texas at Dallas. Um, You know, I knew that it wasn't really for me, you know, uh, I knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to play music. And obviously the only counter act of that is your parents, you know, who are like, that's not how life works. You don't just say I'm going to do music. And I'm like, that's how I see it going. So that's what I'm going to do. And I kind of had that mindset and they, you know, you know, they're, then they were great parents and everything, but they, they never were really that like, you know, pursue your dreams. Like if you, if your passion is music, you know, go for it with all your, it was, no, you go to college, you get a degree and you get yeah. a real job. Um, so, and I'm over here like, no, I'm going to be a singer. And they're like that, you know, that, 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 that sh- the chances of that actually happen and are slim to none, whatever. Um, but luckily like, you know, one of the beautiful things about being, you know, young and naive was that if you in your head tell you you know yourself that you're going to do it you're you know you're not allowing those other thoughts to even affect you at all and that was just kind of how I was and you know just kept at it yeah well I know I I I come from a similar background too with my family is like yeah. they still don't know what the hell I do even when I was on oh, the radio same. they're like this is like a cool like hobby so like when are you going to get a job I'm like oh same <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I forget exactly where I was, but I remember at one point, yeah, my dad being, and I was just played like, you know, the week before I just played like Madison Square Garden and like, you know, the next day my dad's like, when are you going to go back to Texas and get a real job? And I'm like, I understand that, you know, it, their reality of it is so different than, you know, my reality of, I'm like, I just played Madison Square Garden, you know, right. and next week, you know, we're doing, you know, Wango Tango at Angel Stadium, you know, all these like crazy things that's going on. And they're still like, but when are you going to get a real job? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's pretty real, you know? Yeah. You're like, but, you know, at like, that point, like did you probably have what, like your like TRL videos and all that stuff. And were you on like a TV? Oh, that every, oh yeah. all that. everything. Was, I had my own TV show on MTV after TRL uh, every day and, you know, they obviously, you know, you know, only see the like, yeah, but that's not a real, you know, business. Right, you know, right, right. Because, you know, they, you know, their their mindset was you you go to college, you get a job, you get a degree. And I didn't do any of that. And I was like, for me, college was a place to find out who you are, what you want to be. And, you know, uh, I had already known, you know, what I wanted to do and uh, was trying to cut a step of like, you know, I don't need this to show me what I want to do. I know what I want to do. And I'm I'm better off being in L.A. and being in front of people that could potentially, you know, discover me or, you know, life really. And, yeah. Full transparency here. If it wasn't for HelloFresh, my family would be eating out every single night. 
How's it going? It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and we absolutely love HelloFresh in this household. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Say hello to a stress-free holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes. Once again, delivered right to your door. And check this out. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off right, and uh, we'll get to breakfast here in a second. I got a code for you if breakfast for life sounds good. But easy breakfast to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love, HelloFresh has tasty choices for every meal occasion. And the best part? No trips to that grocery store are required at all for HelloFresh. Just last night, I cooked my family the chili pork and cabbage stir-fry with crispy fried onions. Came with everything I needed in the bag, a little jasmine rice, some green onions, sweet Thai chili sauce, some ponzu sauce, sweet soy glaze, the ground pork, the red cabbage and carrot mix, the crispy fried onions. And I love that they include all of these spices as well because that's such a nightmare. I mean, you, you're like, oh, I don't have any garlic powder. Let me go buy this 95 ounce bucket of garlic powder so I can use like two teaspoons. Super easy to make. Took me 20 minutes, five minutes to prep the meal. And my family was satisfied. We love HelloFresh. Super easy. Don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, trying to figure out what I'm going to make. They send me my meals to my house with everything I need to make dinner for my family. And let's get into that breakfast. Go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards free and use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. Free. That's right. Free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash backwards free. Use the code backwards free. B-A-C-K-W-A-R-D-S-F-R-E-E. HelloFresh.com slash backwards free for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Um, I mean, going and moving to LA, that must have been a pretty terrifying. Were you like nervous, scared out? Like, oh my gosh, I'm making this no, move to I Los was Angeles. Stoked. Oh, you just stoked? I, okay. Overnight, I'm like, my neighbor is Ashley Simpson. You know, she's in the room next to me. I'm living with the Simpson family. And, you know, <laughs> it would just going out to like these events and stuff. And I had never seen like, you know, famous person before. And we're going to these like after MTV award show parties. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's Boa. And there's, you know, Timberlake and Brittany are like dancing on the floor right there. And I'm just, you know, this kid from Flower Mound, Texas, like my mind blown. I didn't even have honestly the time to even be nervous about it because it just happened so quick that I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, even going into like the, like writing the for or writing ticket all the way, was that like, overwhelming it or it was the same thing like oh i'm just like living in the moment like this is awesome just, i was just happy to be there mm-hmm. you know I, I was so just like you know small town kid in like this big city with all of this crazy stuff happening and um 
it was uh, it wasn't like a, a quick thing because I I went and sang for all the record labels. I would back in those days, you know, you would uh, you go into an office and there'd be you know the the president of a record label sitting behind a desk and they literally would just go, all right, impress me. And you'd be like, like, huh? I'm like, how am I supposed to impress you? Like, it's supposed to be like, you know, put on like just a speech. I don't know. Like, <laughs> didn't tell you what to do because they, you know, they're like, they're looking for a star. They're looking for somebody where, like, you know, what sets you apart from the other fuck thirty dudes that mm-hmm. you know are, are out right now. And what was going on with with me at the time? Because this is like 2002, and there wasn't really any like solo you know singer songwriter you know guys that write their music just play the acoustic guitar younger you know i was like 21 years old um that wasn't really a thing yet you know at that time it was still bands and mm-hmm. you know uh you know there wasn't like like boy bands were kind of you know already you uh, know kind pop of pop was a big know, thing yeah just like pop rock you know like i remember like it was like maroon five like on their first album and um stuff like that so they were like a okay, where are the songs? I'm like, oh, I'm going to write them. You know, cause at that point I hadn't, I, I was singing songs that I had one song called blindsight that I didn't even have lyrics for. And I'm singing that in these record labels office. And uh, um, luckily, so I got turned down by every label. They all said the same thing. They're like, okay, we love your style. Like we love your, you know, your look, we love the idea of you, uh, but we don't hear any hits. So no, I'm like, all right, well, that was tough because I'm like, okay, you just said you love my voice. You know, you love my look, you love everything, but I'm like, shit, like, I, I thought like you just signed a record deal and then you write an album and whatever. Right. Like, they're, no, they, they want the, they want to hear the hits and then sign you. So I was like, you know, bummed for like a year uh, of just getting told no all the time. And Joe Simpson was just like, you got to keep writing, whatever. And so eventually I sang for this one guy at EMI Records or publishing. And mm-hmm. he goes, here's the deal. I know you need money to live. I'm going to give you some money. And that'll last you like a couple of years and you just go write, just write every single day. And that's what I did. So he gave me money to live on and I just wrote, 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 signed a deal with him. And then eventually wrote uh, on the way down. And then I remember, you know, getting a call and be like, Hey, so Atlantic records wants to sign you. I'm like, isn't that those cats? It's, you know, told me, no, like, I remember them specifically. I remember that meeting and they're like, no, I'm like, they're like, yeah, well, they love you now. I'm like, sweet. (laughs) Like so, we, yeah, uh, they, you gave them that hit that they're like, all right, it's all the package yeah. is here and now. I, now I understand how the business works. Now I get it. At that time, I didn't understand why. I'm like, wait, you know, because I felt hurt that they told me no. I'm like, why am I signing with these people that, that obviously they don't like me? And Joe had to give me that. It's like, no, 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 it's nothing to do with that. You know, it's they want to hear hits. And then uh, at that point, then they linked me up with Johnny Resnick, and then he signed on to produce the album. So then all of a sudden, all these people that you know where the no people are like, Oh, you know, we always loved you. We loved you the whole time. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> God for Evan Lindbergh at EMI, because he like, he saw the potential and said, I'll sign you without, cause I know you're going to write the hits. And mm-hmm. now he believed in me. And luckily, you know, thank God it worked out. Um, because, you know, you don't know, I could have never written any hits and then whatever. Yeah. Did he kind of stick, he a, took a chance stick on me and, and it worked out and then we ended up signing the deal and, so I think it was, I think it was once I, once I wrote true was when we got Johnny Resnick on board. Cause then he was like, okay, now we got two hits. Like I'll, I'll produce the record. And so then that was when it was like, all right, this is going to be dope. Yeah. And then it just exploded. Right. I mean that yeah. album. It was, so it, was, well. it was a tough record to get through too, because me and Resnick had a lot of, 
lot of times where we didn't see eye to eye um, because I was very, very young and naive and thought I knew like, you know, I had had, you know, many years to think about how I wanted my first album to be. And, you know, he was trying to bring, you know, his professionalism and his knowledge. Um, but when you're young and dumb, you, you think, you know, everything. So we, <laughs> we had to battle to even finish the record. I remember having to have Evan come like counsel us, sit us down almost like a married couple and be like, talk us through these, you know, nights to be able to finish the record, which we think that you can kind of hear the tension of me and him, you know, in the way like we saw the record going in the music. So it worked out for the best. Yeah, that's interesting. Because um, yeah, I mean, he would have been the probably one of the best people to have produce, just from your sound and everything. And, and his songwriting kind of has that's that acoustic -y thing. Yeah, uh, I, you know, on, I looked yeah. up to his songwriting. So I, you know, I at the end of the day, I had to trust him. But then, you know, at the end of the day, he had to learn to kind of trust me as well, yeah. you know, in, in what I, you know, wanted to do. But then, you know, his, you know, experience, he'd been, he's been in the business, had 20 hits. So I had to kind of like get over my, you know, you know, young person ego and be like, okay, you know something. And so I think we both, you know, learned a lot from each other, you know, making that album. Yeah. And I know that you've, you wrote, you write for other people. I don't know if, how how much you do that but you did write obviously with the avril lavigne's record and like working with other artists you see that as well like people kind of put giving you pushback and you're like oh i remember when i was this guy oh of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially with like the newer artists you know yeah with, with Ab, it was it was that one was easy just because you know we know each other for so well and um we both you know respect each other so if like if she had an idea that I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, I'd be like, you know what, maybe you've had a hit or two or 10,000. So maybe I'll trust you. And then there was moments where it was stepped her outside of her box to where she had to be like, okay, yeah, I normally wouldn't do it, but you know what? And then at the end, we're like, ah, oh, you know, that, that is dope, you know? And that's the kind of the beauty of working together as, you know, co-writers is learning from each other and learning to trust each other. If you don't have the trust, then your song's going to be crap. Yeah. And you got I I mean, you other people because because you could say things that you normally wouldn't say in your own music, you know, and almost like become a character, like an actor, oh, not because it's real, but you know, be somebody that's not you for a second because it's not your record. Right, 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 right. And you can kind of probably jump off of what the idea that someone else has, like, oh, I've been going through this, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, I can kind of add to that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Um, after you put out the Moon Underwater, and it was. A handful of years before you did uh, that EP, was that just working on stuff? Like, like was there in that well, interim? Was, was it? Yeah, which one? The Moon Underwater record? Yeah, like right after that one. Oh, after you did that? Moon Underwater. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, Moon Underwater, well, and then it was like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You explain. Yeah, it. I don't know. Well, it was it was it was <laughs> fine because so after I remember when I wrote the third record, the Moon Underwater record, I was still with Atlantic Records, but when I turned in the album. It was kind of a different, different look, different sound. And that was when I was anti everything. I was like kind of over, you know, being the spiky haired kid that, you know, people, that was the first thing that came to mind. You're like, oh, the guy with the hair. And when you're, yeah, you know, the best hair the, you know, in the biz, <laughs> oh, I'll take it all day. You know, you learn, you learn to embrace it. But at the time, like, dude, I'm going to do the exact opposite. The record label, told me I needed to shave my head 
And I'm like, wait, what? You know, it was, it was literally like one of those stories that you hear where they try to tell you what to wear, what to do now, like your mm. next step. And that was the exact opposite of just who I was or am as a person. So I was like, I'm not going to shave my head just because you told me to. I was like, if I'm going to shave my head, it's because I want to shave my head. So I kind of did the exact opposite. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll show them kind of thing. And I grew my hair out long, grew a mustache and a beard, and then wrote this really dark kind of indie record. And then I turned it in. And they were like, well, this is a hit record for somebody else. And I'm like, wait, what does that mean? I was like, but I wrote it. I'm like, well, yeah, this isn't doesn't sound like Ryan Cabrera. I'm like, well, that's, you know, kind of the point. I was like, I wanted to do something a little different. And I get where they're coming from. But they're like, yeah, this unless you're going to, you know, we want you to write another true. You know, we want you to write oh, another yeah. on the way. To- and I'm like, I've already done that. And it was kind of that that period, you know, and you hear that a lot from artists. But it was a real really happened. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of refused to do that. So, so we parted ways to say uh, I got dropped from Atlantic because I was like, I love this record. And, you know, for me at the time, I was like, I was willing to get dropped to just put out that piece of art because I love that record. And I knew it would probably help a lot of people because um, mm-hmm. it was a darker record for, for what I would normally put out because I'd put out a lot of, you know, very upbeat, you know, pop uh you know happy songs yeah it was just kind of a, you know different different angle of looking at things and i really want to put out so i did it on my own put it out um on my own label and then at that point you're kind of like all right well that was tough because you realize how much money it really takes to actually have a chance because this is you know 2008 before you could you know put something out on the internet and just let it yeah, hopefully or- get found by, you know, lots of people in order to be successful. That wasn't happening at that time period. Mm-hmm. That time period, you needed millions and millions of dollars to pump into it because nobody's playing you on the radio unless you got, you know, enough money or, you know, uh, uh, a big machine behind you. So the in order to get the next thing out, it was really about finding the right, who's going to believe in this enough to put out new music. And then eventually found, you know, that company Dynamite at the time, um who loved it and so i got to put that out and then now um it was just kind of waiting to one find the right team and then two just write the right music and when it was time you know i kind of learned luckily like me and a couple other people are very 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 fortunate that we'd still be able to tour the entire time so even though you're not like on the mainstream you know charts or like being seen you know out and whatnot um we're still touring the whole time um so we're very lucky to be able to do that and just have such a great you know touring fan base that we're we're still able to 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 be out there doing that so when people would be like oh where have you been man like you know it's been however long I'm like well we've been on the road we're still playing yeah. concerts still still having fun fun ass shows still playing music um just because it's not you know in the mainstream eye doesn't mean we're not doing it so um now it was okay we can wait like i don't have to just put out stuff every year and you're you we're never going to put out stuff to just try to be relevant you know kind of thing it was really just you know i want to put out stuff because it's it, it's it's been it's the right time um and just keep touring non-stop which is what we've been doing and then now we found you know a, a good home in manic cat and we're like, all right, let's put out some music. And we know everybody that's involved in this project knows that this is this is a uh, it's not like an overnight thing. Like it's going to take a lot of time and, um, you know, grinding out of 
getting it, you know, we, we really love the I mean, I love this record and um, the, the people that have heard it have been really supportive of it. But I did some of your best stuff that you've ever done. I'm like, hell yeah. Now it's time to, you know, grind and push it and, you know, hopefully get that one like lucky break to where it, you know, gets on a commercial where people are like, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. and it's not really, it doesn't even matter like who it is, but like, wait, what is that? But like, Oh, it's Ryan Cabrera. I'd be like, don't know who that is. But like, great. You know, I'll, I'll be a new artist, you know, to, yeah. to whoever, like, it doesn't matter how you find it or whether, you know, you know, our first records, our first singles, or if, um, you've been here since day one, like that's incredible and awesome. But like, it's, it's fun to, you know, get to a new audience as well, who, who may be like, who the hell is that? You know? And at mm-hmm. this point, it's been uh, next year will be 20 years since the first record. There's probably people that have kids, you know, they'll be like, yo, this is, this is, you know, Ryan Cabrera's new stuff who you don't know, but this is who I, you know, grew up listening to and can pass it along to their kids is what we're seeing at a lot of shows where, uh, you know, they're younger kids. They were like eight, nine, 10, 11 out in the audience dancing who actually know the words. I'm like, how do they know this? And then I'm like, well, <laughs> like I play, I play your stuff everywhere. That's cool. Yeah. It's crazy to think like, you know, I'm, I'm around your age as well. So it's like, yeah, 20 years ago, you released that record. It's like, wow. there's, you know, it's really, really wild. Uh, when I worked for the alternative station in San Diego, it was like, we'd be playing like a chili pepper song and I'm telling the program director, I'm like, dude, this band is, this song is older than your demographic. Like it's crazy. 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Um, but I just, uh, I didn't realize, but you don't have the moon underwater on like on Spotify, right? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. It used to be. So, and I found that out when it was somebody posted that it was like it's 10 year birthday or something or um, whatever it was. I'm like, and they're like, dude, it's not on Spotify. And I don't know how that works. I don't know if it was, I was like the label thing. Cause I, at that point, like it was my own label. Um, So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think it's just on iTunes. So unfortunately, okay. anybody who wants to get my, would have to pay for it. But I'm not. I'm not sure why. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I yeah, no, I'm just I, interested in in and yeah, because that's why, a cool yeah, record. Why. I remember when that album came out because I the please don't lie. I thought that was such a cool song. I was like, damn, like oh, this doesn't good. really sound like your the first couple records that I had heard. Right. Yeah. Everything on that record was meant to just be its own. Uh, its own sound. I was. I I wrote most of the record out in, in uh, London. So it was always raining every day and it was just, it was, it was a vibe, you know, that's what all yeah. that record was to be. And it did. It's a shame it's on Spotify. I, I remember actually hitting up my manager and being like, dude, how do we get that on Spotify? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. Get it on there. But it. I guess if I'd know. rather make people buy it. No, it's awesome. I mean, that would be awesome. But <laughs> I don't even care to be honest. Like I think people have it, you know? Yeah. yeah. When you get, obviously, you know, we have to make a, a living, but you know, when it comes to like your art and stuff that you love, like you're just like, I just want people to hear it. That's all. That's all right. you care about. Yeah. So you have a new album. I mean, uh, the new song, if somebody heard like your first couple of records and then heard uh prescription of you, it also same. It's like a totally different. Not you know, even, vibe. not even. Yeah. Well, we go in, <laughs> when we go to the studio because it's, you know, we're not like, you know, have to keep up with demand of, you know, whatever, you know, radio is at that time we're going into the studio just like we could write anything like let's just let's just see what mood we're in at the time and i remember um the producer of that record you know just had it he was just going boom boom 
And I started just doing the, like this weird thing. Originally I was doing the melody in that falsetto as, because, you know, when you're writing, like you're not just fully uh, full out singing, you know, the whole mm-hmm. time you're just trying to figure out what it is. And I'm just like, and I thought I was going to sing that in full voice. And then they're like, it's kind of cool just in falsetto. Like, what if we rolled with that? And that's something that I remember making my first album. Johnny Resnick did not like when I sang in falsetto. And I don't know if it was because, well, I remember at the time he thought it was like, kind of like sissy. He was like, oh, you're sounding sissy. I'm like, wait, what? I was like, falsetto is cool. But not many people were, you know, men were like kind of exploring the falsetto. And in true, the whole point of that song was, you know, to hit that falsetto makes it break up a little bit. And so he wanted me to sing that full voice and I had to fight with them. I'm like, no, what makes is the falsetto. And I, and I think I look back at it now. I'm like, I wonder if it's because, you know, not all men, you know, have that falsetto part of their voice. As I was like, I was like, I wonder if you just can't do the falsetto, Johnny, if that's why you were, you know, hated on it. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, so I had to erase that part, you know, that was ingrained in me and be like, dude, no falsetto is kind of dope. And so prescription of you, almost the whole song is in falsetto mm-hmm. um, except for the bridge. Uh, but it started out as an accident. I'm like, this is kind of cool. It was like, it's kind of like a princey kind of vibe, you know, and it's different than what we've done. And, you know, when you've done you know, this for, you know, what, like 25 years being in the studio recording, it's like, you want to do stuff different and you want that kind of like reaction of, wait, that's you. But yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like, cause now we're, we're at a different age. Like back in 15 years ago, if you do, do something different, they're like, huh? I like that, you know, like everything on the record kind of had to be sonically somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. Now you can just, you know, it's a singles world. So right. it's like, I don't care. Every song on, you know, we're going to put out an EP next year uh, where literally every song sounds totally different. And that's the records that, that I love. Like I like when things sound totally different so I can listen to the whole way through versus like sounding like one song, 12 songs in a row. Mm-hmm. So the one, the one good thing, you know, about obviously us as artists, I love albums. So to me, an album is a complete work of art, but now it's more of a singles world. But the one good thing about that is you could do six different singles, put them on one EP, you know, a single being, you know, a relative term, you know, what is a single essentially, but right. Uh, an but, isolated you know, song. Could, if you wanted yeah, just put out a song. Sure, yeah, and it's then a, another song on or, its own as, yeah. you know, but, and that's kind of what the EP is going to be is I think it's going to be six songs to where you're like, that's you. But yeah. But a song that's- for every song for every mood, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's still you- like we still have like some of the acoustic, you know, kind of old school throwback, just an acoustic guitar vocal, not really about this crazy production. Whereas, you know, prescription of you is the production is, you know, kind of what makes the song. But then also, We've been doing it acoustic lately, and uh, me and my drummer are like, dude, this is kind of dope acoustic, too, which every good song should be able to be acoustic and, and hold up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at with the new with the new stuff and hoping to surprise people and then hopefully to, you know, make the old school kind of you know, people that have been with us from day one still, you know, it's still me writing the music. So, I, you know, I kind of have a certain way that I like to write. So. It still has the old school flair, but with just, you know, a new school mentality and update. That's awesome. And do you have all the songs ready to roll? Are you still working on it? Oh, no, I'm done. Done. I've been, I've been writing for like four or five years. So. <laughs> and are you, are you someone that writes like all the time? Like, are you 
constantly working on stuff or is it like okay no i'm I'm, a, I'm not like a serial writer i just can't do it i mean i, mm. I respect the people that do do that but i just for me like it's just when it comes it comes and i don't like to force it and what's nice is like not having to you know mm-hmm. I, I feel like i come up come up with better stuff when i'm inspired and um you know it's just it's when i'm not trying when i right. try like it just it doesn't work mm-hmm with the with the baby on the way, is that going to change your your touring and your like how is that going to be a family well, beginning, family sure. band? Like, yeah, in the beginning, but you know, luckily right now, like with the way that we tour, um, we really do more like four shows in a row, and then we pop back. So our tours are also very family oriented. Most of the guys in the band have kids, so once she's old enough, she'll come out on the road with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. But at the beginning, like, luckily we do more like spot dates. So it's not like, all right, I'm going to go out for three months and then I'll be back. So, cause that would drive me crazy. So we're, <laughs> we're fortunate to, to pop out, you know, every once in a while and be like, all right, I'm gone for like a day or two, but, um, until at least summertime. And then we, you know, we pack on more dates. Yeah. That's exciting. That's awesome. man. But I'm well, excited I'd... to bring her on the road. She's going to grow up on the road one way or another. Cause my wife's always on the road and I'm on the road and we have a lot of kids on the tours with us and, it's great, I think, getting them out there quick because then they just become used to, you know, they're not like shy from being around people. Like they're they're used to it. They love music, and uh, they're you know, so little social social cats. They like to be on stage, you know. Yeah, no, I love that. I I have a seven year old younger son and no an older one, but like I always was when I'd see bands and like they have their kids out and about. I always thought that was so rad. I'm like, Dude, I, I wish I, I was like, able I to do I can't that. wait to do that one day. <laughs> Yeah. We already have our pink headphones ready. They're gonna be Ryan oh, nice. soon. Yeah, that's that's so cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time, Ryan. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Absolutely. Next year, you'll have a you'll get to do some trick or treating with your with your daughter. <laughs> I know oh, we're getting we're getting geared up to do that. We're setting up a tailgate in our driveway, so I'm gonna have a grill out. We're gonna be uh, cooking hot dogs for everybody in the neighborhood and handing out candy. That's awesome. The driveway, I like it. Play playing some music. You dressing up or no? Turn this neighborhood up. <laughs> you gonna dress up or no? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, what's your yeah, costume? Yeah. Uh, well tonight I have. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted my dog to rollerblade me around the neighborhood. So I, <laughs> I, got, I got the can outfit so that way I could have the oh, that's funny. rollerblades on. Yeah. So my, our bulldog, I just give him, I give him a leash and then he'll just rollerblade me around the neighborhood. So I'll be can <laughs> tonight. Originally, our, the other night I did, I threw a karaoke party at Planet Hollywood and. My wife was at the, uh, uh, she was like the housewife and I was the milkman. Okay. That's awesome. A little bit naughty. The milkman. Did naughty. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Enjoy the, the, the trick or treating and all that. And I appreciate your time. I have one more question for you, Ryan, before I let you go. I want to know if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists. Um, I said my, my biggest piece of advice is to stop like worrying so much about the future and just enjoy the moment while you have it because you know i you know it goes by so fast and i know a lot of people say that but it really does and 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 a lot of people like sometimes when they get nervous i'm like nerves are a good thing you know you're you're there that moment so like just take take a moment to actually you know you know enjoy what the process um because i kind of you know, forgot to at the time, like when I was, when I was like, you know, going the first album and all that, I was so worried about, is it going to do well? You know, if, when do I get a tour bus? When am I going to do this? When is, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I'm like, I didn't have the, you know, the mindset at that time to be like, 
here I am now. Whether that happens or not is, is you know, out of my control. I What I do have in control is today, this moment, what I'm doing right now. And you know what? Like, whether it works out or not, enjoy this. And that's kind of like the biggest takeaway that I've gotten after all these years of, of doing stuff is every single concert I play, I got to remind myself, like, this could be the last concert I ever play. So treat it that way uh, and enjoy, enjoy that moment. Like when I'm writing a song, like this could be the last time I ever write, whatever, you never know. So enjoy that moment while you have it and uh, make the most of it. And whatever, you know, negative attitude, if you're going into it that way, it's going to turn out that way. So try to turn that negative into a positive, really just life lessons.